welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this Friday's Streams in the Desert with the Cork Church pastors and our very special guest and friend, Pastor Carter Conlon. Delighted to have you here, Carter. How are you? Oh, doing very well, Pastor Nick. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you today. Uh, we're delighted because we need to put to bed some rumors that you have absconded and moved to the Bahamas, sipping mocktails and going <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> Not quite. We've had some incredible snowstorms here lately in Pennsylvania. That's, you're, you're not kind of putting them in my computer now. You're, you're not in the Bahamas. You're, you're, where are you at the moment? Well, uh, I'm in uh, at our Bible school at Summit International School of Ministry in Grantville, Pennsylvania. So I'm, I'm here most of the time now. Yeah, it's been a mammoth year for everybody, but it's been a massive year for you because there's been a lot of transitions in your own life. Uh, a lot of people would know some of the details, but maybe you might just share with us, you know, you know what that has meant the last, particularly the last twelve months, ministry-wise, um, and ministry, you know, uh, ministering in COVID, transition into a new phase of your life. How's all that been for you? Well, it's been very good. Uh, it's been actually, you know, the beauty of it all is that when you're following the the will of God, there's always peace in your life, and mm -hmm. this has been the hallmark of of just obeying Him. Uh, it was it was eleven years ago that I was welcoming Pastor Tim Delina to New York City. He was uh, supposed to be the next senior pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle at that time. And uh, we were sitting in a restaurant, and I was just talking to him about potentially putting, combining our choirs and doing some kind of an outreach. Uh, when the Lord started speaking to me that he was not going to be the senior pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle, he was actually going to be my replacement. And I was so convinced I'd heard from God that I took uh, Pastor Teresa and two of our elders into confidence and told them what the Lord had shown me. And so, you know, you just waited for God to make it known. It would have to have been a miracle because his course was already set. And it turned out to be exactly the way the Lord spoke it to me. And he came right at the right time. As a matter of fact, uh, the, the virtually the week that the church shut down because of COVID, he came and became the senior pastor. And I was essentially released to start focusing on what God's called me to do, which is to call the nation back to prayer and back to him again and to reach out to the addicted and the marginalized in our society, in the church, and let them know that this was their moment to rise up and uh, live, in a sense, in a way that God would be glorified through them. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, God's been expanding the ministry on all sides. It's been absolutely amazing what the Lord's doing now. Just give us a snippet of what that is looking like in your itinerary. It, it, what what forums are you involved in? Uh, how is that? Because over here, we obviously are not on American radio or talk shows or things like that. We don't have any connection very much with that. So what's that looking like? How, how are you meeting? Well, right now I'm on uh, 605 stations across the nation, uh, exhorting the people to turn back to God and turn back to prayer. I'm also doing a, a half-hour radio program called uh, A Call to the Nation, uh, mm -hmm. which is a little bit more intense than just the, the shorter devotional programs. Plus, uh, our Tuesday night worldwide prayer meeting is, is, 
is exponentially growing. Some of the major prayer ministries in the United States are, are going to now partner with us within the next few weeks, and it will bring our online listenership audience into the uh, stratosphere as far as numbers go. So it's God that's doing this. The, mm. this, is a, this is a moment where we need to turn back to him again. Uh, it's a moment where, and I'm, I'm very thankful for we're living in a moment where only God can do this. We, all of our mm. plans and strategies have come to nothing in America. And it has to be the hand of God now through a surrendered people that's going to make the difference. And so I know I'm right where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm called to do. And, and the beauty of it all is if when, when we are willing to let the Lord lead us, then he just takes us from glory to glory. As the scripture says, we behold him. Our ministries, everything we do uh, begins to change. We have to have the willingness, in a sense, to leave the security of what we thought was security mm. and to move with God where he's leading us to go. And uh, Times Square Church is prospering under Pastor Tim's leadership. He's got a very innovative mind and um, is, is looking for various and different ways to disciple people that are coming to Christ We've had more people come to Christ on online in the last uh, year than we had than we've ever had. It's been absolutely amazing the numbers that are wow. turning to God. Yeah, so it's mm. it's just wonderful. Mm. Yeah, I think we've all we've all been experiencing actually something similar. You know, engaging the new dynamic with COVID and lockdowns and social distancing. But I think uh, even Hamp, you you've seen that even in Free Cork, the amount of people that are coming yeah. to Christ. I mean, we're a smaller unit, but it's for us it's been a Massive year in many ways, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've seen so many people just ready to, just so open to the gospel. Very, very open. And, and I think just on Monday, uh, another lady was led to Christ over the phone. So, um, yeah, just every week now there's people coming. It's, it's been wonderful that way. You know, I think one of the, one of the big questions, Pastor Carter, uh, I, I want to I ask you on behalf of the people, you know, how should we um, react to all the woes that are around us? I mean, we are living in a very abnormal hour. It's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good. Social distancing is, it, it, you know, it seems to be a necessary evil, uh, and yet it has all so many contagions with that mental health, etc. Um, not being able to get into physical church and have the comfort of the body around us. How should how what, how would you counsel people and how to react to these woes and these difficulties? Because, you know, I know how I in my flesh how I want to react and how I can rant at home against the government and I can rant against the coronavirus and all these things. But you know, the last twelve months, I'm sure you have got some wisdom you can share with just your average Christian that are saying, "Listen, this is great for you, pastors, but I'm sitting at home in a, a twelve by twelve room and I'm staring at a, a device and I have." And, and I'm, I'm fed up. How, how would you counsel them today? Because it is very difficult for people. Well, primarily, I would say that it really depends on your value system. If, if our value system is the souls of people, if we are living mm -hmm. for the sake of others finding Christ as Lord and Savior, then we're, we're given the eyes to see that this is a God moment in history. The Lord is, mm -hmm. uh, just as in the days when the people of God were captivated in Egypt, the Lord produced a cry in the people. And, and, and until that cry came, the cry for freedom, the cry for deliverance, the cry for something better in life. And until that cry came, the hand of God was restrained, in a sense, from sending the deliverer to them. And we, we see that all throughout biblical history. When, whenever that cry comes into the human heart, people 
are now willing to leave behind what they're what they had embraced or what they thought was security and move into what God has for them. So I, I see this as the hand of God answering our prayers over all the years that Lord would Amen. you give us a harvest in this so even stuck in a 12 by 12 room, I mean, there's a lot of people that everybody can write to, they can talk to, they can, uh, I think we just got to get outside of the focus of thinking about ourselves. It's got to, it can't be any longer my comfort, my future, my retirement, my, my whatever. It just, and say, God, for the sake of others, I, I'm an ambassador of you who went to a cross and yeah. you left where you were to come to me in my poverty and you took on my shame and my sin and you died for me. So God, would you give me the grace, uh, yeah. like, Esther, like Esther, for example, would you give me the grace to go in for the sake of others and say, Lord, if I perish, I perish. It's not about me anymore. Yeah. Heaven is my home. My name is written in the book of life. I have an eternity with God. So many around me don't. And thank yeah. you, Lord. I, I'm always reminded that without a famine, there would have been no Mount Carmel. In, in other words, God had, to, God had to empty the cupboards. He had to take away the security. Otherwise, Elijah would have called for a contest. Nobody would have showed up because yeah. everybody's cupboards were full. Everybody's happy. Nobody really needed anything. But the reality is that God, all through history, does he, he interacts with his people the same way. He takes, he pulls the rug out from under a society and, and produces a cry in the people. And then the people be, are willing then at least to consider. With, you know, you can just imagine the crowd on top of Mount Carmel. They yeah. were willing to consider. The whole nation. Yeah, the whole nation. Yeah, the whole nation. And and because of that confrontation with those powers of, of hell, as it was, uh, the people turned back, even if it was only momentarily, they turned back to God. And I've been personally praying for a moment of mercy in America. God, give us a moment of mercy in this nation. I, I recognize that the whole world is going to spiral out into its 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 final judgment. But before that day comes, my God, I, it, it can't be said of you, Lord, that somebody stood in the gap and, and you turned away uh, with a calloused sure. heart or you turned away with a blinded wow. eye. Even in Ezekiel, wow. remember yeah. in Ezekiel, you read in Ezekiel, the whole nation was corrupt to the point where from the top to the bottom, there was corruption. There was a corrupt priesthood that was enabling a corrupt government. There was a, the people began to be corrupt in their dealings. And then the Lord, after all of this, he, he just lists it all. Then he says, I sought for a man that I should not have to judge the nation. Like, it's an amazing. He just said, I sought for one person to stand in the gap to, to stay my hand for a season. It doesn't mean the judgment wouldn't come eventually, but to stay my hand and to show this moment of mercy. And you know, sad to say, he couldn't find anybody. You met, the most religious nation on the face of the earth of that time, and Almighty God can't find one person, one man, one woman, mm. one young person that's willing to stand in the gap and say, Lord, here I, I am here. And I'm willing to yield my life for their sakes, for the sake of the people. Please stay your hand of judgment. And he couldn't find anybody. But may that not be said about us in our generation. We've, we've got to get outside of trying to preserve ourselves. Remember Christ himself yeah. said, yeah. if you seek to save your life, you'll lose, lose it. it. Yeah. You are. You know, I was, thinking, I was thinking of that first card. You quoted it, but it's in the book of Malachi 3.16. And the background is, is in Malachi's time, the priests who were serving the Lord were, were becoming disillusioned themselves. They were basically sinful. They were backsliding. They were going through the rituals of, of, of serving God. And they, they say words like this. The Lord says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? The Lord says, you have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it uh, to keep his ordinances? 
But then in verse 16, it says, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them, and the book of remembrance was written before him. Do you see a coalition, even in this time, where you have, there's many, you know, saying it's useless, but then there is those who are saying, hold on a second, you know, we, we love the Lord, you know, we fear God, we know what God is doing. Because that's what I'm, I'm just starting, I'm just starting a lot of people who are, Gauging everything by sort of a, 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 a very natural order. Churches are, are full, so they were blessed. Churches are empty, so we're cursed. And now they're empty. What good is it? You know what I mean? So, uh, but there's a, different, there's a different way of looking at this part of them that we're in today. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I actually think those passages in Malachi speak of our day. A day, yeah. a day of calamity, because, uh, you know, the last chapter in Malachi talks about a day when the world is literally upside down. It's, uh, it's, it's it's under judgment, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And there's a people who are, are concerned about the honor of God. That's the issue. It's, they're not just concerned about, you know, the ones who said, what profit is it that we have served the Lord? It just shows the theological focus is wrong. They're only Completely. serving him for what they can get. Completely. And when suddenly what they thought they could get is taken away, they said, well, well what's the okay. point? We, yeah. came, we mm. came to him for health, we came to him mm. for wealth, we came to him to prosper, we came to him to be always happy, never have any trouble, and suddenly our wealth is gone, uh, we, we ourselves or others we know are struggling with their health, and so their theological foundation, in a sense, is washed out from under their feet, and they come to the conclusion of what point is there in serving God, which tells me that they've been on the wrong foundation right from the beginning. Yeah, you know, yeah. we we are not mm-hmm. left here for ourselves. We're left here for the benefit of others. Amen. And, yeah. and you, you look, I I'm often I've shared with some people that we should be ashamed in our generation that people paid with blood to bring us the truth that we have today, and we want to lay in a hammock and and sort of swing in the breeze and and give it to our neighbors, you know. But by God's grace, I believe that our theological foundation is going to be brought back to center again. Through trial, through difficulty, yeah. through tribulation, everything what uh, Hebrews says, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. It's all going to be gone. That only that which cannot be shaken might remain, which is the very heart of Christ in us as his people for this generation. I am the most optimistic person <laughs> that I know right now because I'm, I'm like the guy that fell off the high-rise building. And as he passed the 20th floor, he was heard to say, well, so far, so good. You know, this is, <laughs> this is exactly the way I feel. You know, I see a harvest coming. Yeah. I, I see yeah, people yeah, who right. wouldn't have yeah. considered God. And we're experiencing mm-hmm. it now. I'm getting letters yeah. all the time just from our prayer meeting on Tuesday night. I got a letter this week from a uh, uh, a preacher's kid who was raised in the gospel and and, yeah, and just for whatever reason rejected the whole thing, listened to one 20-minute sermon on a on a Tuesday night, and after 26 years of being backslidden, turned back to God, and he basically said, wow. "I'm in, I'm in," you know. So mm-hmm. I see this, I see this return Hallelujah. in a sense, people Hallelujah. coming back. I see an exodus of people who weren't in this relationship with God for the right reason right out of the gate. So I see them mm-hmm. leaving, walk. They never really were part of the yeah. real testimony of God. They, they were in yeah. it, but not of it, right? They were learning, mm. but not, yeah. the learning was not bringing them to the knowledge of the truth, as, mm. as Paul says in, in 2 Timothy. But I see another group coming in. I, I see the donkey jawbones. I preached on it last Tuesday. They just <laughs> been laying in the dust, and uh, they, they, they just died there. You know, they just didn't uh-huh. see how God could ever use them, and suddenly an anointed hand picks them up, you know, a hand that was empowered by the hand of God, and, and suddenly they're in, in the battle like headlong mm-hmm. in the battle against this uh, this opposing force that's trying to impose its its value system 
uh, on this world as we, we know it today. So I am absolutely convinced that we're going to live to see a great, great harvest. And yeah. it, it might come with hardship. And yeah, some of will, us might even will. lose our freedom over it. It, it. But it's not about us anymore. It's about them. Um, so th well, that, yeah. that's, that's my perspective but, on it. Well, Pastor Steve, you heard Pastor Carter there. No, you have to get rid of the hammock. What you reckon? I thought I saw one in your house there. And I, was... I, I, brought, I brought it into the office. <laughs> and you mentioned Tahiti. It looks like Pastor Hamp is in Tahiti there by the flowers. Yeah. 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 Come to think of it, I haven't yeah. seen you for a few weeks, Hamp. <laughs> Sorry about that. Let's just do this here. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Um, you know, we, we see this, the, the, the conforming of the bride to the image of Christ happening in this, and we see a reaching out for the lost happening. And, and you know, I'm looking at even in our own church, there's a lot of young Christians who are just now starting out, you know, in a prayer life. How would you encourage them and to that? And, and, you know, how would you encourage young, young believers just to start into, into really praying? Oh, you know, I uh, I tried everything when I was a young believer. I read Reese Howell's Intercessor. I uh, yeah, was praying yeah. Hyde. Ian you know, Bones. And, uh, all of it. All of it. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Uh, I did the, uh, years ago, there was a, a preacher in America that started this whole uh, methodology of prayer where you, the Old Testament, where you went into the, the laver, and then you went to the sacrifice place, and then you went into the outer court, then in the inner court, and all this stuff. Yeah. And mm. I did it. I prayed honestly with such fervency. I prayed one time until I, I burst a blood vessel in one of my eyes. That's how fervent mm. I prayed. I even tried, you know, praying outside one time. You know, like, uh, was it Brainerd that melted the snow? I almost yeah. froze. I almost froze to death. I didn't melt any snow at all. You know? So, you know, after literally exhausting, exhausting myself, exhausting, there's no other way to say it. Uh, I, you know, like, I mean, you know, like, I remember Payson, they said when he died, there were grooves in the hardwood beside his bed yeah. where he prayed. I, I never even made a dent in a, in a, in a cheap carpet, you know, <laughs> this, but I, I gotta say after all this one day, like it's, it's like we run, 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 you know, we take up our cross and we run, run, run. Then suddenly poof, we just go down in a pile of dust on the road somewhere. And one day, one day. It's like God spoke to me. I said, Carter, he said, Carter, I had a friend in the Garden of Eden. His name was Adam. And I would come down in the cool of the day and I would talk with him and I would bring him animals and say, Adam, what are we going to call this? And so Adam would call it, let's say, a giraffe or whatever. And, you know, that's and he said, I lost my friend and not only my friend, mm -hmm. but I lost all of his descendants. So mm -hmm. I came back to the earth and, and walked among you to get my friends back. And he said, Carter, just talk to me. Yeah. It changed my prayer life. You know, because yeah. I, I would try to pray, right? And we, we all want to go to methodology. And then, uh, and then I read Paul's words. <laughs> but I am trying, like, the best I can do. But I, my head was splitting after an hour of prayer, you know. And, and, and I'm reading Paul pray without ceasing. And I remember thinking, in heaven's name, how do you do that? How do you pray without ceasing? I would kill myself. Yeah. Well, the Lord just said, talk to me. So mm -hmm. prayer for me has become just a relationship, which yeah. all God 
I talk to him all day. I talk to him if I'm. I talk to him when I'm brushing my teeth. I talk to him when I'm making a copy. <laughs> I, uh, my wife Teresa. When you're in your a, a little, Yeah, my my wife Teresa came home <laughs> a few months ago, and she said to me, "Who were you talking to downstairs?" And I said, "I was talking to God." Like it became a habit with me. You know, in New York City. All you can do is you put one of those little white things in your ear and you go down the street and you can just pray. To, you can talk to God the whole time. Everybody thinks you're on the phone. And so I would go for a walk in Times Square and I would say, Lord, I pray for that guy over there. Maybe nobody's ever prayed for him. And I just yeah. ask you to have mercy on him. And, and those people over there are just so I'm just I'm just talking. And, and of course, you can do that anyway in New York City, but nobody much cares. But at least now you can put a thing in your ear and everybody thinks you're on the phone and you just talk to God. So prayer. For me, yeah, I do have. I, I start the day every day with uh, about six, seven guys in New York, and we we teleconference, we pray together. That's that's my my day, Tuesday to Friday. But I my the rest of my time, I just talk to God, I, I, the same way I'm talking to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I don't. It's not formalized. It's not King James English. It's just like, you know, God, <laughs> really? I just love you. I just or, or I'm yeah. just really Amen. bummed today. You know, like yeah. this is bad. <laughs> You're already aware of that. Yeah. And I just have a conversation <laughs> with God. You know, mm. he lives in me. Like we, we pray like he's in the cosmos somewhere and we got to shout to him to get through to him. But the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God actually lives in this physical temple. And mm-hmm. so as I acknowledge him, as Proverbs 3, 5 says, he directs my past. He's, he's yeah. able to speak to me. He's able to speak through me. I'm, I'm learning to be sensitive to like even in a grocery store to somebody maybe... Somebody, here's an example. I was getting roses for my wife, which I which I used to do every week. So guys, take note of that, okay? If you you don't you don't get to be married 48 years by being stupid, okay? That's just the, or how many years I've been married. So I'm getting roses at the grocery store, and there's a guy my age next to me, and he's getting white roses, two dozen. I'm getting a dozen red roses. So I just said to him, I said, would you like a, would you like a bag? You know, the thing you put your roses in so they don't drip all over the place. And he said, yeah, thank you. And, and I said, uh, so, so what are you getting the flowers for? And I just felt stirred to speak to the man. I said, what do you, and he says, I'm, oh, it's, it's my anniversary. I said, oh, well, that's great. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I just get flowers for my wife on a regular basis. Cause she's, we're apart a lot and she's running the school. And I just gave him a little bit. And I said, so what are you going to do for your anniversary? And he says, well, I'm, I'm going to the cemetery and I'm going to bring a lawn chair and I'm going to put the flowers on her grave. She died three months ago. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I started to cry. He wasn't crying. I was crying. I'm talking about I started crying. And I said, could I pray for you? And he turned to me and says, oh, would you? Would you pray for me? So I put wow. my hands on his shoulders. He puts his hand on mine. There's two guys in their 60s crying in the supermarket. And I'm praying for him. God, help him. God, give him grace. God, give him strength. Mm-hmm. God, you know, the, just just talking to God on his behalf. And when I was done praying, the two of us, our noses are running. Which then people are going by in the shop. Now, they've been just invited to a prayer meeting. So they go by in their carts. And then he looks at me and he's wiping his eyes. He says, what church do you go to? And I said, oh, I, I, I go to a church uh, called Times Square Church. And he said, and what time uh, time are your services and stuff? And I said, I said uh, I told him the time, and he said I'd like to I'd like to attend. And he says, Well, I see you there. I said, you, Most likely, you will. <laughs> I didn't tell him. I was a and another time, I'm just waiting in line. I'm waiting in line at a store, and 
again, the stirring comes into my heart. That's when you start mm -hmm. talking to God, he starts stirring your heart. And there's a lady in her 50s at this just small corner store, and there's about three people behind me in the line. So I stopped, and I, I, I looked at her. I said, you look sad. I said, can, can I pray for you? Mm. And she looked at me. She said, oh, would you? I said, I, I'd be delighted. And then she starts pouring all this stuff out, like all the troubles in her life and her kids and stuff like that. And, and these three guys are in line behind me. So they're now invited to a prayer meeting, whether or not they know it, they're now. So yeah. we just join hands at the counter. I start talking, praying. They don't know I'm a pastor. I don't say I'm a pastor. I'm just a Christian. No. And, and I start praying. And now all of a sudden, there's five people in a prayer meeting in a store. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, this is what life I, mm -hmm. is becoming. And I'm asking yeah. for more and more mm -hmm. sensitivity. Lord, you yeah. know the thoughts of people's hearts. Oh, live, so make me, make mm -hmm. me aware. Yeah. In all, in all yeah. your ways, acknowledge him, and he mm. will direct your path. Direct your path. Make me aware yeah. of what people are yeah. thinking and, and speak to them. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. becoming that kind of a life. Pastor, uh, it, was, it, was Pastor Mike, it was Pastor Mike McBride, I think, coined the phrase, not being super spiritual, but being naturally spiritual. And uh, I think that's something that's really lovely to see growing in our lives, to be natural about our Christianity, that mm. to be able to pray in a natural way, to speak to people without any sense of pretension in our lives, that this is who we are, let our light so shine before men, and to be comfortable in doing it. But I love that whole idea of developing simplicity and a prayer life as much as a prayer time. I think both are very, very important. Yeah. So can I, can I ask you an, an, another question on prayer, Pastor? Is there a time, and, uh, and do you think that time is on us now, or is it a time at some stage for the future for intercessor prayer? You know, it, it seems to be a different sort of dynamic of prayer. Um, is there a time for group prayer to aim at suspected demonic forces or plans or you know uh, to bring about spiritual change oh sure do you ever notice guys that he, he says can i ask you a question doesn't wait for my answer yeah that's just running on the clock <laughs> <laughs> we're finished thank you everybody for joining us no uh, yeah intercessory <laughs> prayer as long as it doesn't get goofy uh, yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these folks get really goofy. Uh, they they go off into some stratosphere and think they yeah. have a revelation about a realm that they that they know about nobody else understands. Mm -hmm. Yes, we should get together. Yes, we should corporately pray. There's nothing wrong with lifting our voices up to God, but don't let it go into the into the paranormal or the, the, the <laughs> things that are just stupid. There's no other way to describe it. I, I I was at a prayer meeting one time of pastors, and I thought, wow, this would be great. They want to pray for a city, so I. I had some spare time. I thought I'd go join them. So they, they had a whiteboard in this room. They're all, these, are guys, these guys are all pastors, too, on top of it. They had a whiteboard in this room. And they're, they're talking about, we're going to pray for the city. And um, so they start talking about, are we going to call demons out by their name? Uh, and then, uh, so they got into all this stuff. Oh. And then the next thing they got into is what are we, if we pray against darkness, there's going to be casualties. How are we going to handle the casualties? After an hour and a half, I get up and said, if these guys ever pray, call me, let me know how it worked out, but I'm going home. I'm not staying here any longer. This is just crazy. I went there to pray, you know, and, and what it does is it shows you that these guys don't pray because they, they're clueless. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. they, they have, uh, they have some kind of form, I think of things they do, but uh, and most of the guys in that room, I got to tell you, went off into into error. Um, it's mm. sad, you know, because mm. they, they weren't willing to just just be grounded. Just uh, my, my wife says it the best. Be anointed and normal. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you don't have to go yeah. into this realm of goofiness to pray. I, I can pray and, 
you know, and, and, and I do love to pray with, uh, with my brothers and sisters in Christ because there, there is power. We, we do catch a, as David Wilkerson used to say, we catch a spark from somebody else's fire. You know, if we're a little down ourselves and somebody else has mm. got a pile of faith, it, you know, none of us can do this alone. We need the body. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Steve, is any questions coming in there online? Um, yeah, th there's a nice one from Emma there. She, she was asking, uh, what is the most difficult thing in pastoral ministry? People. <laughs> you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. If it wasn't for people, this would be a great calling. <laughs> oh, I, I would say, I, I don't know. It's just like uh, there's there are a lot of difficulties, and I'm talking to pastors as well that that understand this. I, I, I think. Uh, I think the the thing that would eat the eat eat away the most at a man or woman of God that's in ministry is discouragement uh, yeah. over uh, seeing a lack of results or uh, the woundings. In a sense, you, you pour out all you've got for people and they turn back and don't reciprocate or just uh, maybe wound you. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of pastors get driven out of the ministry by this, or they they become remote from the people, not because they want to be. But because they, they've been wounded so many times that they're trying to protect themselves. You know, we have this proverbial thought, you know, you go to, you visit a church and then you meet Pastor Plastic at the door after, you know, it's like he's got his automatic arm and he's a million miles from you, even though he's greeting you. And you know you can't get anywhere near the guy. Now, he didn't want to be that way. He didn't start out that way. He got that way because he was wounded in the house of his friends. And I think a lot of people need to be sympathetic to that, that are listening and and. Don't be too quick to judge your pastor because they, they've, they've had to endure a lot of uh, beatings on your behalf. They've had to take a lot of flack from darkness so that they can stand and bring you the truth of God. So um, just instead of looking for something from the pastor, if you've, if you've been in church on a Sunday, for example, just uh, take a look at what you can give back. Just a, just a word of encouragement. That's sometimes That's it can right. make the difference between between life and death, spiritually speaking, for their ministry. You have a lot more power to encourage your pastor than you realize. So I'm just speaking to somebody out there that, you know, don't be quick to try to look to all the negatives. That's, that's yeah. our human tendency. Mm -hmm. Just thank God that you've got somebody that's standing and, and uh, at least attempting to speak truth to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, have, we have another interesting question that, that has come in. How has a global quarantine shaped your view of technology's role? And ministry. Uh, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome yeah. because what happened yeah. is the, the Lord just pulled the plug on everything we were doing. You know, uh, <laughs> the smoke and light show is over, you know. Yeah. And we, yeah. it, it, I had an artist. It's a, it's a friend of mine has uh, hires artists to do different work. And, and an artist drew a picture for me, and it's called Casting the Internet on the Right Side of the Boat. And this is, I believe, what we're doing. We've been fishing for a long time, and the harvest has been, you know, reasonable but somewhat mediocre compared to what it could be and we we became so used to doing things a certain way and church became like an event it wasn't like an all-week mm -hmm. thing it was a sunday morning it was two hours or yeah. whatever an hour and a half whatever it is and the lord just reached down and just pulled the plug on the event mm -hmm. and caused us to throw the net on the other side of the boat have you ever thought that they fished all night and never dawned on them to throw the net on the other side of the boat, <laughs> you know? That's what we're like. We get, we're, we're creatures of yeah. habit. We throw the net, throw yeah. the net, throw the net. 
Yeah. And he he didn't just say throw the net one more time, which he could have. He, he there was a principle in it: throw the net on the other side of the boat. Yeah. In other words, do it my way. Be willing to mm. try something new. And you know, I I think it's interesting because the the picture the artist painted for me is three fishermen in a boat. And they threw the net on the right side of the boat, and the net becomes the internet. So it's almost like from that day to our day. And you can see all this interconnectedness underwater and the fish mm. starting to swim into the net. So casting, mm. we're actually casting the internet on the right side of the boat. And for those who can yeah. hear it, we are preparing for an end-time harvest. Yeah. Because we, our buildings would never have held the people that I believe sure. are going to come to Christ. We ha God had to get us ready you know, mm. he had to get them ready for the 350 fish or whatever it was that mm -hmm. were going to swim into that net. Mm. And he's getting us ready so that we can teach and disciple and train because you can't have a spiritual awakening without teaching. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if you try to do that, it becomes a subjective awakening, which will actually turn away from God eventually. And, and as happened in Rwanda, will actually turn to something very evil. I met a pastor from Rwanda when I was in Washington one time. Mm. And he said to me, if you're praying for a spiritual awakening in America, you better pray that you have a, a mechanism to teach the people. He said, we had a, an awakening in, in Rwanda. And it was all subjective. It was all experiential. You know, people yeah. are getting the tinglys and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said, we didn't teach the people. And so what happened, because as the scripture says, they, they, the old value system was vacated them, but nothing replaced it. And so something seven times worse. Remember Jesus said seven mm. times worse. So a lot of the people who were apparently saved in the revival killed their neighbors. It wasn't just the heathen killing people. There were former Christians who wow. said that they'd come to Christ that, that took up the sword because a, a, suddenly a voice came, filled the vacuum and said, you know, even in God's name, we have to get rid of the, the, the Tutsi people. They're, they're, you know, this is a grave danger in any society. And, so we're preparing to teach the people. Yeah. It's really that simple. And, yeah. and thank God, you guys are actually doing a great job. Your uh, your website is really nice, and and your your presentation. Thank God for that. Yeah, thank yeah, God. Thank you. No, I, I, I could I, I couldn't agree with you more, Carter. Um, when you see even what's been happening politically, where Christians have been fighting a natural fight rather than a spiritual fight, you know, try to get in behind certain political parties and structures and you're casting all the lot in with that. I mean, it's just been a, it's talking about getting your eye off the ball and missing the real point of your oh, existence yeah. on earth. And if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would have fought. That's what Jesus said. Mm. And, and and for us, and, and I have to be honest with you, I can be as political as the next guy, but you have to train our mind back to, this is what God's doing. I mean, God is doing something new amongst us. He's locking down this world. He is creating a cry in their heart from the trauma and rather than us kicking against the goads and talking about government overreach and all that might be true who cares if it is true but god is in control we mm. must shine our light we must stand on christ and christ alone and i i can't emphasize that enough for people who are watching today that don't get off the square we have a very small area and our area is christ jesus and him crucified we know nothing else we've no other message for people and i think it, it's to revive that in the heart of the church that we don't yeah. fight you know, going down rabbit holes of discussion. I actually had oh, a young yeah. man, actually, just, just today, we were texting over and back, and he's a wonderful young man. Um, and uh, I, I text him because his Facebook page, you know, has a lot of 
you know, conspiracy theory about this and political about that. He, he loves the Lord. This is a good Christian young man. And I said, you know what? I said, that's not worth it. The world is going to hell in a hamburger and you're fighting the wrong issue. You know, you're talking about the wrong issues. You're amplifying the coronavirus and governments, but you're not talking about Christ, you know. And uh, I, I really feel that that's so important. But when you get back to the internet streams, when I spoke to you last week, I was out walk, doing my 3K walk, and uh, I asked you, would you, be, would you come online today with us on streams in the desert? And because I'm puffing away, you didn't hear me. You said, on strings in the desert? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, think I said, man, that man's not reading his Bible at all. He's reading the Quran. But, anyway. <laughs> but now I get it because I saw that picture. I saw that picture online where it looks like strings going into the internet, into the water. And I said, oh, yeah. Carter Connor's got strings on his brain at the moment. I'm He's trying to get you. that gospel out. Well done. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> and the Lord is prospering it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've got a ministry. We've got a ministry now that wants to pair up with us for worldwide prayer, and their their list, in a sense of uh, of adherence to their ministry, is in the multiples of millions. I mean, it's it's just taking off overnight. Um, and even in America, there's a lot of major ministries now want to come in and just use the prayer meeting as their hub in the future for for their people. So I, I mm. just, it's, it's all God. We're all coming together. Yeah. We, we recognize, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and people of different persuasions and different distinctives. And we have to put that aside and meet at the cross and then fight for the sake of, of souls, you know. And, you know, when you talk about the government and such like that turning against the people, if, if, if the government of Egypt had not turned against God's people, they would have stayed there. Uh, but the will, it was the will of God to get them out of that place and into the promised land, which, and of course, our promised land is Christ. Our Amen. promised land is his life, his power, yeah. his resurrection, his promise, his purpose. And we, we would not, we would, we would, if we were comfortable, if, if uh, where we were, we wouldn't go there. It, it's just the reality of it. Mm. And it's God. I, I am convinced it's God that yeah. causes the secular leaders to turn against his church, to get us out of mm. where we are. And into where he wants us to be, and we're going there. Yeah. We're going there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whether we like it or not. That's we're right. going to go That's there. Right. And That's I don't right. think That's he's right. going to let us. I don't think he's going to let us go back to the way things were. You know, a no. lot of people are just mm. living for the Sunday door to open again. I don't think that's going to happen. We we are coming close to the end of this world as we know it. I don't know. If we're we're in this. The Bible does tell us not. We don't know the time, but we're not unaware of the season that we're in. And there is a shaking. And we, the world is literally hanging by a thread right now. We don't know, you know, what's going to happen in the future. But by God's grace, we are going where we need to be to make a difference in our society. So I, I'm just so thankful for it with all my heart, really. Yes, yes. I, I'm a little fearful, uh, not fearful, but concerned of, you know, the picture of Lot's wife coming out of, uh, mm -hmm. of Sodom. It can be like a picture of the church where we want to look back and we don't want the future that God has for us. We don't want to move even in, mm. even heaven. The idea of Jesus, sometimes for some Christians, the idea of Jesus coming back soon. I have too many things. I want to get married. I want to have a family. Or I, I, you know, I've, I've never been to Tahiti. Lord Raptureham, no. <laughs> and and there, can, there can be that level. And, and I think we need to encourage them to kind of see the greater picture here, that for their good, that God is leading us in a certain direction, away from even the, 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 the trying to latch on to the past. And there's nothing wrong with the past. Yeah. We had the great innings there. 
But I, I love that scripture in Isaiah where the Lord says, I do something new among you. Now which shall spring forth, we do not be aware of it. And to have a revelation, for people to have a revelation that, you know, you know what we are going to see is far more glorious than what we have seen. And to hold on mm. to that and that journey of faith, you know, because we, we've only experienced such a little of the grace of God and there's such a be- beautiful, rich future for the bride of Christ. And I, th- I think a lot of the bride doesn't see it. We just see the natural things being stripped away. But we, we, we're going to see him. We're going to see yeah. him. We're going to meet him either in the clouds, either by death or by rapture. But I agree with you. I think we're so close to the, to the return of Christ that it has to be an adopting now and an adoption of a different mindset yeah. for us. A crucifying of certain thinking and receiving what God gives to us with great with great hope. Yeah, yeah, and the Scripture does does tell us that in the last days, which began on the day of Pentecost, but will mm. culminate in our time, that God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. And yeah. I do believe that we're we're moving to something from of Him and from Him for the sake of His work on the earth. And yeah. I, I pray every day, God, give me Your Holy Spirit in a greater measure than I've ever known You. It's mm. a constant prayer in my life now. Lord, I don't want to move without your Holy Spirit. I don't want to minister yeah. without your Holy Spirit. I don't want to speak yeah. without your Holy Spirit. There's no point to it. Because if you don't build the house, my labor is in vain. Mm. I'm just another voice, just another opinion. If you don't stand behind it and empower it. So this has been the cry of my heart. And I believe it's going to be the cry of a lot of people in the coming days. It's probably starting even now. God visit me give me the strength that i need to to find purpose even in my 12 by 12 room as you said pastor stephen just visit me and 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 people can have that even today that are listening to this broadcast you can say it's not it's not so much that god that you know your your prayer needs to shift from get me out of here to god get me into what you have for me this is the whole focus you know you have something for me in this place so get me into what you have for me like like the the, the the apostle John, for example, he, he when he was in Patmos in jail, I mean, as an older man, he could have easily said, God, get me out of here. God, I've served you. I've loved you. I've lived for you. Remember, I was the guy leaning on your chest, you know, at the Last Supper. You know, how could you let this happen to me? But instead of that, God brought him in to the, the revelation of, of what he was going to do, what he was speaking to his churches, what he was going to do in the future. And of course, if John had prayed the way some of us pray, he wouldn't have had that revelation. Yeah. If Paul had mm-hmm. prayed that way when he was in jail and uh, and confi- like Paul was literally confined to a house right at the end of his days. Mm-hmm. And so he took a pen and he started <laughs> a quill rather. And he started just writing some letters to his friends, you know, not realizing he was writing to hundreds of millions of people over 2000 years and going to give us the doctrinal basis for our lives in Christ. So instead, yeah. he, he could have spent his whole time saying, God, get me out of this place. Get me out yeah. of this house. Get me out of this. You know, I'm your servant. I, I, I deserve better mm. than this. But he, he, instead of trying to get out, he got in to what God had for him. And thank God he did, because we have the encouragement that we have today because he uh, chose to see, see life and see his purpose of his life in, in the way that God sees it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So it's not like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. No, no, just like, <laughs> exactly. hey, you know, who's to say which which of us might end up in Paul's position eventually, you know, because this world is mm. turning against Christ. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah. So we can't live to kind of just say, God, you know, it has to be this way. It has to be out here. You know, even though people beg us to stop, don't go, don't say those things, you're going to get in trouble. I remember Agabus, you know, prophesying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a a yeah. true prophet, too, not, not a false one, a true one. 
This is what's going to happen to this man. If you continue on this journey, it's going to be hardship for you. But Paul Mm. knew that, you know, the, 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 if you want something, if you want to get some water out of a sponge, you got to squeeze it sometime to get it out. You know, there's, there's, there's certain things that God can't get out of us unless he puts us in a place where we really need him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It's always for the sake of yeah. Thank God. Yeah, that's right. Thank God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, uh, guys, have you got any questions mm-hmm. you'd like to ask Pastor there before we wind down? I wind up. <laughs> I, I I've got two more here in front of me, Carter. Just 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 how you, how is your family and how's Pastor Teresa doing? We're doing great. Uh Kate needs prayer. My daughter Kate, she has COVID and she's been mm-hmm. sick for eight weeks. It's been quite severe. She has a hard time, uh, you know, getting up. She's got a constant fever. So we're, we're quite concerned for her. So I'd appreciate prayers for her as well. Um, Beyond that, everyone else is doing well. The Lord's kept us. And, uh, you know, Pastor Teresa is just, she's, uh, she's um, doing the work God's called her to do here at the school. And uh, we've got a great, great group of students this year, considering Mm -hmm. the COVID situation. uh, If, we have more applications last year than we could have handled. We had 80, wow. 80 foreign students that were would have been accepted here, but they couldn't get visas, you know, to come wow. into America. But we still got a pretty good um, quality of people from right across the country, and probably one mm-hmm. of the more serious groups that I've seen in quite a while. About Wonderful. because they recognize what they're going into. This mm-hmm. is not going to be a cakewalk for any of them. They recognize mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. And I, I wish you guys could see the impromptu prayer meetings breaking out here and worship and mm, praise. Brilliant. Nobody's, brilliant. Nobody, nobody sets a time to do this. They just all show up in, in either the chapel or the, the hallway of the main building, and they just start singing and praising. And, and oh, they're, getting filled with, they're getting filled with the Spirit. Bless yeah. the Lord. They're, <laughs> they're, 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 the gifts of God are starting to, to, you know, to, yeah. to be uh, shown through their lives, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's very sobering. It's very, it's very godly. It's wonderful oh, to see it. That's Thank awesome. Oh, and, 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 and Carter, what, what about Ireland? Uh, do you still love us over here? Are you going to come back sometime? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you, yeah. Well, you, you, know, you know the Millennium Kingdom is going to be here, anyway, so you'll be here for at least a thousand years. You know? <laughs> I've, already been, I've already been there for a thousand years. You put together all the time that I've told and spent. Nobody uh, no, 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 feels like that. Yeah. You haven't really. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have so enjoyed the fellowship with the Irish Church and uh, brothers and sisters over the years. It's just been amazing. I just, you know, I, I, am, I am part Irish. I was full blood Irish until my father married a French girl. You know, so I'm, I'm half Irish. I don't know what that qualifies me for, but I'm half Irish. And yeah, social I, welfare I, when you're over sixty. Social welfare. Yeah, I'm sixty-seven. So oh, you might be able to claim it. No, just uh, I just you know the the one thing that's on my heart for you is the the Irish are known for their uh, ability to fight. Let's put it that way. I mean, if there is, but so channel that into the right thing. That, that's my mm-hmm. exhortation to everybody in Ireland. Fight for what is right. Fight for what is good, what is virtuous, what is true, what is eternal. Fight for, fight for your friends, your family, your, your brothers, your sisters, your neighbors, your enemies even. Fight for them. May, may it not be ever said of us that we got to heaven and left somebody behind that we didn't try to reach in one mm-hmm. way or another that we could have yeah. reached. So yeah. um, let your life really shine as a light at this time and, and be willing to take a stand for Christ. 
Yeah, well done. Oh. Well done. Well, it's an absolute joy having you on, Pastor. There was one question flashed yeah. up there from, from a lovely young lady we have here called Emma Doyle. And she was asking, is there one scripture that you have that's a real to-go-to scripture that Carter Connor loves? You always find yourself back either, you know, mulling over it or meditating on it. Is there a to-go-to scripture for you? Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those that love God mm-hmm. and are the called according to his purpose. That's right. All things. All COVID, things. COVID, shutdown. Uh, having to go on the internet as a church, all things, all things. God mm. is in total control, knows what yeah. he's doing, and he's taking us to a place where we, in unison with the power of his spirit in our lives, will actually make a difference in our society yeah. or somebody's life. Yeah. Not right. just the good Wonderful. things, all Praise things. God. All mm. things. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, we, we, we are looking forward, if God does give us another year or two or three, we don't really know, um, to seeing you at the earliest possible time to have you back here in Ireland. And uh, uh, so You would have made, made a good vacuum cleaner salesman. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a backup you have a tendency to draw everything in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus doesn't right. come back next year, then we'll have Carter Conlon. So, I mean, come on. It's a poor second place, but you know. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the best we can do under the circumstances, right? Under the circumstances, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I look thank forward you. to it. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. It's, it's just been lovely, and hopefully, yeah. we can get you regularly on and maybe sharing some more of your heart. Uh, maybe I think that the Lord might be putting prophetically in your heart as well. Not pathetic, you know, we've loads of that. Bless you. Love you guys. We love yeah, you too. Love you, would, would, would you just pray for us, Carter, before you leave? Just pray oh, for, not just us on screen, but also those watching the Irish people today. Just yeah. commend us to the Lord. Father, I just want to thank you Father. for my brothers and sisters in Ireland. I thank you, God, that you are calling your people from all over the world mm. to yourself. Thank you, thank Lord, you, Lord uh, for giving us faith and confidence in our hearts that all things are working together for good. The devil is not, not in control you. of anything. Governments are not in control. As a mm. matter of fact, the heart of the king is in the hand of God. Amen. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are drawing us to a place where your name will be glorified through us in the earth one more time. Thank you for the privilege of being part of this great, great end-time harvest. Thank you, God, for the faith, the rest, and the confidence that you put in each of our hearts. Lord, that there is no circumstance this world can produce that will ever triumph over your church. I give you the praise and give you the glory, God, for all that you are doing. Strengthen my brothers and sisters, God, especially those who stand in pulpits throughout the nation. God, let our voice be crisp and clear. Let it speak for you. And help us to inspire faith in the people's hearts. And God, we thank you for it and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 Thank you Amen. again. Uh, I know you're off to serve the Lord. Hamp is going on to his hammock in Tahiti. Mm. And Stephen yeah. is... Stephen's going to shave. He's going to shave his chin. He's going to get oh. rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, looks looks, did, looks real We did nice. very looks well in nice. this conversation up until <laughs> yeah. that moment. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs>
But yeah. it, you have to leave him alone because you just, you just have to finish his Nazarite vow, so you have to shave the head. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, God bless you. You're a great man, all Pastor, of you. Yeah, Pastor mm -hmm. Carter, would you give our love to the faculty and, yeah. and to the students? You know, we're very moved with the, the passing of, of Pastor William. Yeah, yes. we love you and we're praying for you. So, so please pass that on. Do we have Do I have time to just tell you a little story about him? Yeah, sure. sure. No, no problem. Uh, in September, I was sitting with Pastor William in uh, in our cafe here uh, at the school, and I said to him, William, I said, "How's your health?" And I, tell me the truth. Don't give me the company line that everything is fine. I said, "Just tell me the truth." And he looked at me and said, "Well, the doctors tell me I have at the most five years to live." Uh, but more realistically, about two. His heart was failing. His kidneys were failing because of the diabetes in his life. And it turned out to be five months. But he said something to me that really impacted me as well. He said, but whatever time I have left, I'm going to pour everything I know into the young people in this school because they are the hope for the future. Now, there's a guy that he was very weak in his body, and he could have really justifiably just stayed home and kind of bided his time, uh, and nobody would have begrudged it to him. But right to three days before he died, when he could no longer muster the strength to come into the classroom, physically couldn't muster the strength, he was video uh, streaming his classes from his living room, sitting on his couch, up to three days before he died. He gave, he gave it all for the sake of he others. Did. You know? he did. Our, our theme at the school is that Christianity is living for the benefit of others. And he exemplified that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's challenged me that, you know, when we get old and tired or, you know, we start suffering in our body, do we draw back or do we mm. just keep going? And so what, a, what an example he has yeah. been for everybody here, for all of us. So uh, yeah. I, I'm just personally really encouraged by that. Yeah, that's very, 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 mm. very, very encouraging. Mm. Oh, praise the Lord. God bless mm. you, Pastor. Bless God bless you. you. Bless Love you, you very much. God Thank bless you so much. God As bless. Say, bye, Pastor Carter. May you be in heaven three days before the devil knows you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pastor Carter, I, I don't know if we're still streaming. We may not be, but you must have one funny joke before we go. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, dear. Um, no, I don't. I don't. Normally I do, okay, but I are you don't. ready to run Nitro? Yeah. You're you're running low there, brother. You're running low. <laughs> oh, what did the drummer call his what did the drummer call his children? And a one and a two and a three. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Can we edit that part out of the video by any chance? <laughs> Too late. Too late. Too late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh goodness. The best I got. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.